guys. Welcome to Slash Report. I'm Prue, and I am joined, as ever, by my partner in crime, MK. Hello. Hello. I'm starting to think that, like, honestly, we could just, like, copy and paste the opener from various episodes, because I've basically stopped coming up with anything intelligent or witty to say. Uh, I don't think the people listen to this for witty and intelligent thoughts. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow I just don't really think that's what they're here for. Uh. that's whenever anyone so people in real life know that i do a podcast but i don't tell them what it is or like where to find it because i don't want them to hear it and people are always like oh you do a podcast like what is it i'll listen to it and i'm like no no thanks i i want you to respect me in the morning so (laughs) (laughs) no oh no comment (laughs) yeah anyways (laughs) We've been doing this less than two minutes, or we're already off topic. Uh, but to veer us back into our actual lane on the highway, this is our Ask Us Anything episode. If you guys aren't familiar with this, there's a common thing on Reddit where you'll have someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson, one of our favorite astronomers, and he'll be like, hey, you can literally ask me anything for like the next week. And people will ask him like physics questions or like ridiculous questions about like who would win, cavemen versus astronauts. Uh, astronauts. Totally astronauts. But the question is, do they have tools? Um, of course they have tools. Even cavemen had tools. Like, proper weapon tools. But even if they didn't have proper weapon tools, cavemen, or like, astronauts are more, I would assume, are going to be more adept at problem solving on a complex level. Right. So regardless of what environment or what tools that you put them in a contained area with, I put my money on cavemen. Plus we all saw Apollo... 11 or Apollo 13 sorry yes however I will say uh you know astronauts have a problem with bone density so while I think they would win I think it would be a tough battle that is true I didn't say that it would be easily won but I feel like the astronauts have more to live for (laughs) really yes all right let's move on because we are not (laughs) spike and angel oh okay yeah but basically we said ask us anything and you guys asked us a lot of things. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Caveat, guys. Um, we're not going to call anybody out here, obviously. But if you are sending us a question, either to one of us or both of us, and you have to predicate it with the phrase, I don't mean to be creepy, or I hope this isn't creepy, you're being creepy. And as MK said before we started recording, when you creep out slash report you really redefined the playing field for creepy so please don't do that let's just say don't cross the streams we got a couple of these and it's like no like what what are you doing like please yeah resist the urge we need to keep the magic secret oh why are you shut up merlin (laughs) at any rate should we do twitter questions or email questions first Well, let's do a Twitter question first, because this segues nicely into it. Someone actually wanted to know whether or not we had actually finished watching season four. Catherine Flynn wanted to ask us, did either of us ever finish watching season four of Merlin? Nope. (laughs) Definitely nope. I I really need to, like, budget a week for crying, and I haven't had time. Do you want to know? This is awful. I... I have completely lost interest in that show. My interest is like 20%. My interest is like a negative two. And the more I hear about that show, like the lower that number goes. Well, okay. So my 20% is pretty much entirely based on (laughs) being attracted to Bradley James. Which is fair. Right? Like I had basically forgotten about Merlin and I was like happy living without it. And then his beautiful fucking face showed up on Tumblr and I was like, oh, right in the heart. (laughs) You should just you should just watch Fast Girls and like let the rest of it go. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Uh, I'll watch it with you if you can find it. But there will always um, be a special place in my heart for the first season and a half of Merlin. No, I mean that show was deeply charming. But I mean we've talked about this before. But this is like Zoe Trope pinned it down. You know, like they tried to do too much of the legend which is not the point of that show at all. And I keep seeing these publicity shots. Okay, a little bit of spoilers, guys. I keep seeing these publicity shots for the next season of Merlin, which have, like, are they, like, is Gwen married to Arthur now? Are they, like... That's what it looks like. I can't, I'm just like, seriously? Like, 
Guys, I, the premise of the show that you made was it's before the legend. Before, like, fail. Categorical fail. It's like saying you're going to write a book about fish and then writing about, like, shelving instead. Like, no. Anyways, no. The answer to your question, Catherine, is that no, we never finished watching season four of Merlin. And it seems increasingly likely that I, at least, will not be watching any more of Merlin ever. Probably the only reason that I would catch up is if my sister-in-law, like, challenge accepts me. Because guaranteed she's already seen all of it. Yeah. (laughs) And if she's like, hey, listen... (laughs) I'm so far ahead of you. This is like what people do to me with the video games. Like, oh, really? I'm like two hours ahead of you in Zelda. I'm like, well, fuck. Bring it. (laughs) I have this hideous image of like the next time I'm in Toronto, like your sister-in-law traps us in a contained space and like bribes us with candy and dim sum and forces us to watch season four of Merlin with her. She would. She totally would. She's so mean. And I would do it too because I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, fuck all these main characters. Just put Gawain on my screen. Yeah. And I'm perfectly happy. Watching Gawain, like, deal with the rumbly in his tumbly. Like, I'm perfectly happy with that. When I lived at their house, my sister-in-law and I used to watch Merlin, right? And... Is this the... Is this the... <laughs> no, that's also great. She would frequently, side note, pretend to be the Slash Dragon and just stand at the bottom of the stairs because I lived on the top floor and be like, Merlin, whenever she wanted my attention. <laughs> sister-in-law's the greatest but she was like i am basically only watching this show for lancelot she was like because lancelot's so handsome and i was like that is a fair reason like i completely understand so we would be upstairs watching this and one day my brother comes up and he sits down on the couch with like a bowl of popcorn or something and we're like really you're gonna like jump in at season two and watch merlin with us and he's like i'm really just interested in bradley james that boy is dreamy Your brother has good taste. He really does. Good taste. All right. Well, since we're already on Catherine Flynn's question, let's do the second half of it, which was, did either of you watch season two of Hawaii Five-O? If so, what did you think? I watched it. Uh-huh. I actually enjoyed it a fair amount right up until the last episode, which just like season one, I was like, what the fuck did you just do? <laughs> What even happened? Oh, God. It's so... Like, I don't know what's wrong with the people who write Hawaii Five-0. Because, like, let's... Just to give you some background, the reason anyone is watching the show is for, like, Steve and Danny to be cute together, for, like, a good team dynamic, and for there to be, like, no reasonable background in law or law enforcement <laughs> or, like, human rights. Like, you're going to watch shit blow up, and they're going to do terrible things, and it's going to be colorful and exciting. Okay. But sometimes, it seems like they're like, oh shit, the season's ending, how are we going to get renewed? Clearly explosions and bright colors aren't enough. I hate to tell you this, Network TV, they are totally enough. That's how CSI Miami is still on air. (laughs) Well, I guess it's ending, but like, that's how it lasted that long. Uh Uh-huh. And they just decide to throw everything they can that is stupid into an hour. (laughs) Okay, now I want details. Okay, so a bunch of shit goes down. You find out that this is like big spoilers, everyone, if you care. (laughs) (laughs) That person that Steve has been like searching for who he thinks is, you know, the key to the puzzle of why his father was killed and like all this stuff that happened is his mom, who's living in a small village in Japan. And John Locke from Lost has known this the entire time and, like, goes to visit her occasionally. Are they boning? You don't know. Because you only see, like, the back of her head or something before the season ends. Ah! At the same time, Chin is being blackmailed or something, and uh, basically the people who are after him make him help them, like, do something terrible because they have his now wife, Malia, in one location on the island strapped to a bomb, supposedly. Right. And on the other end of the island is Kono, who is about to be dropped in the ocean, like, gagged and bound. And so he helps them, thinking that, like, they'll let them go. And he hands over all the stuff, and the bad guy that he's talking to is like, great, you have exactly, like, five minutes, and in five minutes you can either reach Kono or Malia, but not both. One of them's gonna die. See ya. And Chin goes for Malia because, come on, she's, like, weak and useless. And you see Kono, like, dropped into the ocean and, like, struggling to breathe. And he saves Malia, but you're like, what about Kono? Who clearly will survive. Uh, Bonus, Rachel and Stan have decided that because Stan has some work in, like, L.A. or something. Not even L.A., it's, like in the middle of the United States, like, far away from Hawaii. They're moving. Somewhere in the middle, right? (laughs) Somewhere. I don't know America. America's big. 
says Canada. Yeah, but you guys are all spread out. We like to huddle. That's because most of your country is uninhabitable. Whoa, it's not uninhabitable. It's beautiful. Okay, you keep telling yourself that. I've visited a lot of it. It's beautiful. Okay, you keep telling yourself that. Move on. At any rate, Stan and Rachel are like, see ya, we're taking Grace and moving to, like, middle of America. And Danny's (laughs) like, I have to fight them for custody of Grace. Well, yeah. Yeah, but it's either that or move to the middle of America again. Well, I mean, he would never, ever get physical custody. Well, it's Hawaii 5 so we can't assume that real-world stuff applies. Right, but I'm sitting here thinking that, like, he should never... This is actually a story that I've been harassing um, Lubbockus to try and write, because I'm not actually into Hawaii 5 My primary joy in Hawaii 5 is coming up with stories that she was like, no, it sucks, why would you, why would you talk about this? <laughs> You're the worst. That's, she shouldn't go on car trips with me, man. Like, we drove from, we drove from L.A. up to San Francisco, uh, earlier this year, and seriously, the entire time we're on fucking mountain passes in the dead of night, I'm sitting there coming up with Hawaii Five O fan fiction. You are the worst. I'm the greatest. You guys fucking love me. I'm a champ. Uh. All right, no. But I was basically saying that what really needs to happen is Danny is being weirdly like, okay, so he moves to Hawaii to try and be near his kid, but then he starts working on this team that has a categorical disregard for personal safety yep. and I mean human rights and like the civil process, right? But, I mean, ignoring all of that, like, he would never, ever get physical custody of Grace or primary physical custody of Grace just because his job is so fucking dangerous and he's never there. So what really needs to happen is that someone needs to write a story where he does, but as a result of that, he has to quit or Mm. he has to, like, request a transfer to not work with 5.0 anymore. You are the worst. Uh, Who would read the shit out of that story? I would read the shit out of that story. Of course you would. You're a terrible person. Y'all love me. Oh, I make so many bad choices. Yeah, you do. It's too late. Part <sighs> of you now. Let's move on, cause as much like I'm totally gonna watch season three, but it still hurts me inside. I'm sorry. <laughs> you and Lapagus can have a support group. Yeah, probably. Oh. I should talk to her more often. <laughs> so I actually don't know whether or not she's gonna watch it. So you may be alone. Uh, you know what? I think my brother watches it because he was like. Does this show have bright colors and explosions? <laughs> I'm going to watch this. And I was like, yes, do it. We're so ultra-related. All right, question from the email basket. All right, so we actually have a message from Gloomy Caterpillar, who mm-hmm. is looking for advice about making friends, like fandom friends, in person. Okay. Um, specifically because she's relocating to a new city, and she's anxious about finding people that she can bond with. And, like, how do you tell if someone is a Slash fan and, like, How should you approach them if you think they are? Ah, okay. Well, this is really difficult because I don't have that much experience with meeting people in real life first and then finding out that they're in Slash fandom. Like, I am very, I guess you would say that, like, I'm very fanishly closeted in that respect. But, I mean, one way, if you're moving to a new town, like, I highly recommend this because it actually, I move a lot. I don't know if you guys noticed. I move a lot to weird places. <laughs> and um, a really good way to like get your footing in a new place and find someone nice um, who you have some, something to talk to might introduce you to the town is if you're in a fandom and you're like in an LJ community about this, if it doesn't break the rules of the community, like make a post saying that you are planning to move to this place. Is anyone around? Do they want to get a cup of coffee? Like make it something low you know, low expectation, but like it, it'll be fun. You know, like I met Lepagus like that basically. Really? Well, okay. Let, let's put it this way. I had talked to her once or twice over comments on LJ. And at some point during these exchanges, she accidentally and foolishly revealed that she lived in New York. <laughs> and I basically, I basically emailed chef fool. I emailed her and I was like, uh, I'm going to go get dim sum um, on this day at this time. Be there. Be there. <laughs> oh. I forced her to be my friend. Yeah. So it's. I think it works out really well. There's also, I think, okay, at least in Toronto, there's a strong geek culture in cities where things are really connected for like weird different facets of geekdom. Yeah, true. So you can totally find publicized events. Like uh, in Toronto, we have something called Toe Jam where people spend 
72 hours in a room making video games together, whether or not they know how. Interesting. Um, or, you know, there's we have a board games cafe called Snakes and Lattes. Pretty much anyone in there is going to be a nerd. Another thing that I would recommend, and I've, like, accidentally hit up friendships in places like this before, like, if there's a local comic book shop or, like, a graphic novel store, oh, yeah. like, a geek store, like, you know, London has a huge forbidden planet, like... Yes, there is actually a corner of that Forbidden Planets downstairs that smells bad. But if you're perusing the shelves and you see other people who are roughly your age who are looking at the stuff that you like looking at, strike up a conversation. They're probably nerdy, just like you. I don't know if they're necessarily fanish. The the hard part about the question is telling who's a slasher, obviously. That's kind of like the more difficult part. But I think the reality is is that people who are fanishly inclined get that part especially if they're, I think most people are pretty nice about it. And even if it's not their jam or jelly, they'll probably be fairly polite about that. I guess, I guess my, my best advice is the go ahead and get the lay of the land on the internet first and then meet people through that method. I, I lucked out. I live in a magical, magical place. But yes, like I genuinely believe, like go to an LJCom, like people are nice, you know, for the most part, even though the internet is like the trolling grounds of assholes, the universe over for the most part, people are really nice. So there's like a 75% chance that you'll meet someone who is acceptable to hang out with. Yeah. And even if they don't become your best friend forever, like maybe they have friends. It's always nice to know someone when you're moving to a new place, right? Because it's very easy to feel isolated and have excuses to drink alone in your new apartment while you're unpacking. Not that I would know anything about that, but (laughs) I would say, actually, Leanne. Yes. God, she introduced all of us to Lijaka, who is on the video games episode with me. Yeah. Lijaka works in, like, a very non-nerd part of the city. Like, no nerds anywhere. Super formal. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know if I really like living in Toronto, because there's, like, no nerds here. I have no one to talk to. Nobody understands what I'm, like, doing. And Leanne was like, where the fuck in the city are you? Like, have you stepped outside? But this is what I was talking about when I was like, you have to be special circumstances, right? Because I think that Lijaka and I have probably a lot in common in that respect, professionally speaking. Yeah, you do. So it's like, we, we live in like a terrible dark world of like suits. <laughs> but basically they knew each other online and she was like, be at this place in Toronto at this time and we will introduce exactly. you to the nerd contingent. And I have to say like all of my really good friends who are nerdy, like we introduced each other to each other, right? Like if you draw the connecting fibers between like, oh my God, MK's awful wolf pack. Like, you know, all (laughs) of those people through me. Yeah, I do. It's beautiful. Oh, also you're like, do you know anyone in the world, like online who knows anyone in your city? Like just make a post on your journal being like, this is where I'm moving. I've had friends be like, I'm moving to Vancouver. And I was like, here's a list of people to talk to. Exactly. Um, I've definitely had people who were moving and I was like, this bitch up. She's cool. Yeah. But I mean, for people who are making those recommendations, think it through first. Yeah. Also check with the other person first. Yeah. You don't want to just like pimp someone out and then have them be like, oh, I actually really don't like your other friend. That happens. (laughs) That that is so fucking hell awkward. (laughs) It's super awkward. So awkward. But yeah, just use good judgment. It'll be fine. Yeah. Bring mace. It'll be fine. (laughs) Brass knuckles. I keep them in my bag at all times. Oh, your life is a magical shit show. I wish I had brass knuckles. That'd be fancy. I don't think it would be good for any of us. It probably wouldn't. They're probably illegal anyway. They probably are illegal. And I have a really bad feeling that if you had them, I would play with them. And then like the next scene, like a lopped off comedy shot would basically be like, Prue is playing with MK's brass knuckles. Next scene, us sitting in the ER and the nurse being like, did she hit you? (laughs) I'll be like, no, I hit myself in the face. (laughs) Hit myself in the face. See, I would have been like, yes, but it's a special relationship and you don't understand. It's okay. We have we have a safe word. <laughs> we totally have a safe word. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh-huh. All right. Moving on to the next question. I'm sorry. I hope that answered your concern a little bit. Yep. Uh, okay. Our next question is from Hannah Nobira or Hannah Nobira. Um, our opinion on fandoms that have greatly improved on the source material. She gives examples, or he or she gives examples of Stargate Sentinel. Or fandoms that do not live up to the source. And her number one is Jane Austen, also Cardcaptor Sakura. Uh, NCIS, anybody? Oh my god, NCIS is the ultimate fandom that does not live up to its source material. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. 
like perpendicular to the spirit of the show, right? Here's here's the magic. In real life, everyone I know was like, I'm sorry, like for years, you watch NCIS? (laughs) Why? And they weren't in, like, these were people who were like, they knew about fandom, they were like on the edges of fandom, but not fanish, generally speaking. Just nerds, just regular nerds. (laughs) And they were like, that show is the worst show ever. And I was like, no, you have that backwards. The uh, show yeah. is amazing. That fandom is so terrible. Fandom is like exponentially terrible. I was trying to explain this to someone before. It's an I inverse have, reaction, right? I don't I have no idea what it is. But I was trying to explain this to someone who is like fanish adjacent, who's like not super fanish, but sometimes they run into stuff and they like want to look up fan fiction for it, like even out of just academic curiosity. Yeah. And um, they were at my house, and I was watching, like, all the NCIS that, like, built up on my DVR one night. As you do. As you do. And she was like, oh, should I look up a fanfic for the show? No. It's like, no, never, ever do it. And she was like, why not? And I was like, okay, let me explain something to you. (laughs) NCIS, the show, is about Navy crimes. (laughs) um, People doing things about the Navy and adults being assholes at each other. The fandom is a crime against fandom. Fandom is just constant rape. Just like constant rape and killing children and molesting children and just evil, just evilness. It's like like the criminal minds of fandoms. (laughs) It's the criminal minds of fandoms. And I had to stop watching Criminal Minds because it fucked me up so bad. Exactly. Like, I had to stop watching it because I would be, like, getting ready for bed and I would be like, fuck, I'm going to get raped. Or, like, you'd be lying in bed and you would have that, like, really skin-crawly feeling just remembering Criminal Minds. Or, like, incapable of sleeping because of Criminal Minds. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Guys, there's a reason that before Prue and I really knew each other, I was like, hey, you know what you might like? NCIS. (laughs) Because the fandom is the worst. And I wanted somebody who could write... I was like, I'm terrified of her. I don't know her. I don't know how to approach her, but I'm just going to slip this on her doormat like a creeper. And I think she'll like it because it's Michael Weatherly. And like two weeks later, she was like, holy fuck, Michael Weatherly, NCIS? Mark Harmon, NCIS. So good. A beautiful friendship was born. That is is definitely like the number one example of a fandom that does not live up to its show. Another one that I think is probably, is probably doesn't live up to its show is Leverage. Yeah. it's not a fandom that's bad. Like, Leverage fandom, like, what exists of it is good. It's just not very big. But I think that's kind of, like, the good show effect. Like, yeah, various have... good shows out there just don't have fandoms because the show is perfectly satisfying on its own. I have no need for Leverage fandom. Yeah, neither do I. Like, that show makes me completely happy. And the same goes with stuff like, um, like, The Good Wife. I don't want, um, I don't want, like, well, fandom. There's one thing I want for The Good Wife, but... Yeah, I know, but no one's going to write that for you other than me, and I'm not going to write that for you. Yeah, it's a pipe dream. I know, it's a pipe dream we share. Hopefully one day someone will, like, psychically read it off of me and write it for us. Like, oh, West Wing actually has a fairly large fandom, but, like, it's one that is... So basically, like, the fandom should be massive for a show like that, but it's actually quite small in comparison to the popularity of the show. And I think it's because the show is really good, so people didn't really need that much out of it. I was going to say, I have, like, no need for anything from Fringe, either, because Fringe is already so solid. Yeah. Also, Fringe is just too weird to write fanfic for. Like, you can't, you can't out-weird that show. No, I feel like if people wrote fic for Fringe, it would have to be, like, like nothing fringy would be happening. It would just be, like, domestic, yeah. normal problems. I feel like AUs, like, normal person AUs, and it would lose some of the charm of the series. Like, part of what makes that show good is because it's so weird as fuck. Exactly. So, there's no need for it. Basically. <laughs> On the other hand, shows that are terrible and have amazing fandoms, how can we not say Teen Wolf? Sentinel, both shows that she, or he mentioned, totally valid examples. Yep. And Teen Wolf, man. Teen Wolf. Oh, it's so beautiful. Thanks, baby. You should talk about the trolling that you guys enduring this week. Oh my god! In this, I have Tumblr saviored up the wazoo, and somehow I keep seeing this popping up, and I'm not even mad, because it's so funny. I know, there was one that I think I forgot to tag properly, and I was like, fuck it! (laughs) (laughs) Just let it out into the open! So obviously a lot of you reported this to us, but I already knew, because I had been up super late the night before, overwhelmed with feelings. 
think she had like um she had some sort of like psychological aneurysm because I got some magical stuff. <laughs> yeah. 20-something and I stayed up way too... Okay, that day, I went home from work early, puked for an hour, slept for six, and then I woke up to the most magical thing ever. (laughs) And I felt fine, and I was awake until, like, two or three in the morning, just freaking out with 20-something, who also had to be up early the next day for work. Well, you should actually tell people what you were freaking out about. Yeah, okay, so... anyone somehow has missed this. If you've missed this, I don't know how, but I don't care if you're in Teen Wolf fandom, like, you have to just admire the beautiful trolling that they've done to us. So mean and brilliant. The people who make Teen Wolf, uh, one, absolutely know that, like, the main pairing in this fandom is Styles and Derek. Like, they know. The guy who writes Teen Wolf is gay and is like, oh man, more gay characters, let's do this. Like, all of his interviews are just talking about how gay it is and how much he loves it. (laughs) And MTV definitely, like, retweets links to fan vids of, like, Styles and Derek in love, okay? Like, that's how bad it is. However, the Teen Choice Awards are coming up. And the actors, the actors who play Styles and Derek who are Dylan O'Brien and Tyler Hecklin, respectively. And I'm sorry that we pronounced his name Hoecklin in the Teen Wolf fandom episode, but, like, we literally had no idea how to pronounce that word. It's Hecklin, because he is heckling us. (laughs) Uh, Basically, they get on a yacht together, they cuddle up to each other, and are, like, rubbing their faces into each other's necks and, like, doing all of the shit that you love in Teen Wolf fandom. And then they're like, we're on a ship. Pun intended. (laughs) If you vote for us for this Teen Wolf thing on the Teen Choice Awards, you'll get more of... And then they, like, extra cuddle up together. Dylan wraps his, like, leg around Tyler, and Tyler, like, puts a finger on his mouth and is like, shh, let's just nap some more. (laughs) And fangirls everywhere just, like, exploded with both happiness and rage simultaneously. And then all of us lied about our ages and said we were born in 1994 in order to vote. (laughs) That's that's the thing that we need to discuss. Thank you. The best, okay, the best. You're almost 30. Shut up. voter fraud. <laughs> so vote for an MTV Okay, well, here's the thing. I was trying to register to vote. Because. <laughs> I just, I'm crying. They make you register. And they give you all of the options for your birth year, right? So obviously I put in my, you could tell the 20-something and I had been awake for too long and that it was too late because we used our real names and like our real birthdays. And I was like, why won't it let me register? And then I was like, I bet I have to be a teenager. So I dropped my birth year to 1994 when I was like 10. And I was like, yes, it's letting me vote. But Kate, I had to lie and I had to say I was born in this year. And she was like, oh my God, me too. She had also picked 1994. It was the easiest math. This uh, is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. It's just like, oh, the gifts. The gifts are so good. Someone posted a thing that was like, do you know what it's like to be tortured by your own mind? And I replied with just the fucking gif of Tyler and Dylan, like, making out on a boat. And I was like, yes. Yes, I do. <sighs> so that happened. And it was amazing. And we can't talk about it because it both hurts me and, like, overwhelms me. Like, I just want to, like... Go look at more Teen Wolf. But cycling back, the original point is, that is true. That is You know what, season two back. is better. Because the fandom is better than The fandom is better, yeah. but I will say season two has improved a lot. I'm like okay. three episodes behind, but it's actually really good this season. Okay. We'll just leave it at that. You don't have to watch it. Oh, don't. <laughs> I know. Should we do another email question? <laughs> we should. Let's do it. Okay. Shu wants to know, what does your dream social networking site for fandom look like? I think a bunch of people love, hate Tumblr, and everyone is leaving LJ, and all these sites have different strengths and weaknesses. What type of features do you think this dream site would have to be able to centralize fandom again? Mm, I think you would, I think that centralizing fandom again is sort of an impossible proposition at this point. Yeah, I think, like, Marilyn talks about this the best, but we're, yeah. it's more and of a scattered thing now. It is much more scattered, and I think it's probably because people have different ways of interacting with fandom now, right? Like, the entire, I don't get Tumblr either, so, I mean... Tumblr is just for me to, like, have a seizure over pictures of cute boys and cute animals. 
Right. I mean, like, as far like, I don't really have any nice things to say about Tumblr because it just baffles me, like, my old square brain whenever I look at Tumblr. Well, so you have to add, like, 18 plugins to make it functional, right? Well, I mean, like, not even, that's really irritating, too. But, like, not even, like, in terms of the actual, like, structure of it. It's just, you, it's impossible to filter. Mm. And just breeds insanity on that. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't lend itself. Okay, so... I'm very old school in the sense that, like, my relationship with fandom is I really like seeing what people make out of it. And as far as I can tell, people don't really make things on Tumblr. They just reblog, like, for people who make GIF sets. Like, that's, I mean, obviously that's, like, a way oversimplification because there are a lot of really good fan artists and stuff that work on Tumblr. But I'm not, like, I'm not really into the art half of fandom, right? It's beautiful when I see it, but, like, that's not the key reason I'm in it. So it's not... It's not the mode for me, and the inability to filter content at all, it, like, is maddening to me. Like, I don't understand this setup, and I don't understand this track tags thing. So, like, I have, like, five tags that I would like to see, but the fact that I can only, like, the stuff that will show up on my dashboard is only the people that I've followed and not my track tags makes me crazy. Like, the whole thing is, like, built on some sort of, like, crazy witch logic that I don't have. Um, and the inability to just be like, I don't want to look at this, go away, makes me nuts. So Tumblr is not my ideal place. I like Twitter in the sense that I think that, like, Twitter is better for short, quick hits, and it's very good for building up your community of friends that you already have. But I don't really know that Twitter is good for meeting new people. Um, and as you mentioned, LJ is sort of dying. So I don't know, man. See, for me, the problem I have with Tumblr is the same problem I have with Twitter, mm-hmm. which is that people keep trying to post fic there. That's not what they're for. Yeah, definitely. Do people try to post fic on Twitter? Oh my God, yes. And they're like, you should join like or follow this account because we're going to be posting fic there. And I'm like, why? Like, what's wrong with you? You realize that that's not, like, I wouldn't bake a cake on a cookie sheet like that's not what it's for yeah that doesn't really work and it's just like it would be really annoying so people post things on either twitter or tumblr that they expect you to be able to like find forever but you can't find anything again on twitter or tumblr ever can't find anything to begin with on tumblr exactly so it's just going to disappear forever like for me the ultimate experience right now is kind of a combination of dream width pinboard and the AO3 with, like, a side of Tumblr. Yeah, I mean, I think it also depends a lot on what you want out of fandom, right? And I fully recognize that I'm far more hermit-like than most people. Um, There's not, like, a lot of interacting that I want to be doing. Like, I have my friends, and I talk to them, and, like, I talk to you guys a lot through email even you know not even through twitter or tum like any of the other traditional yeah well especially with the time difference yeah exactly um though you did call me at work the other day i did call you at work the other day but it's only because you needed like someone to remind you of how a song went (laughs) also i missed your voice oh that's true melodious tones but yeah i think i think it depends a lot on what people actually want out of a social media site i mean maybe like honestly this is really dumb but maybe even something like facebook for fandom no no don't take that back and never say it again why i'm not also i'm not on facebook so why well if you were on facebook you would understand why that's a disaster okay tell me Ugh, Facebook is like, it doesn't matter what someone posts, as soon as they post it on Facebook, I am completely uninterested in it. (laughs) Like, the act of posting something on Facebook makes me both lose respect for that person and be like, why? Why would you waste my time? (laughs) The only reason, I have two reasons for using Facebook. One, a place that my mom can see photos of my cats when I can't see my mom. And two, events management. Okay. That's it. I can be like, hey... There's a dance party at my apartment on Friday. You should be there. I Wait, don't know so what we're doing question, with food. The question becomes, like, what, okay, what, what is your perfect, like, what parts of what things that you use would you merge into okay. the social media thing? Ideally, I use an RSS feed reader extension in Chrome called Feedly. 
-hmm. And Feedly is not perfect, but it's basically the way that I would like to be able to gather all of my fanish content and read through it. Okay. Because you can make categories, so I can say, like, all of these feeds are arts and reference feeds, and all of these feeds are, like, news feeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with a little bit of, like, Yahoo Pipes action, I can be like, and inside that, I never want to see the following words. Like, if anything has these words in it, just don't show it to me. Okay. So I, like, custom build an RSS feed, and then I pump it into categories. And when I open that category, I can see everything that's come up from, like, Gizmodo that I actually want to read. And I can either be like, mark all of this as red, I have no interest in Gizmodo today. Or I can, like, see a little preview of something and expand it and read on it or, like, mark it to, like, come back later. Mm-hmm. And with, like, a Chrome extension, I can send some of it to my Kindle or to my pinboard so that I can read it later or, like, look it up again in the future. And it has a social aspect, like I can just, like, with a click of a button, share something or, like, send it specifically to you if I want to. Right. Like, if I could somehow make it so that AO3, Tumblr, Twitter, and DreamWith and LiveJournal all merged into Feedly. Because I would have complete control, and I could be like, you know what, anything tagged with personal post, I'm a dick, I don't want to see it. (laughs) I think that's, uh, okay, I think that's, like, way too much interconnectedness for me but okay well the good thing about it is you can be like i'm only responding to this with this account like it's not like linking your accounts it's just that they're all in one place so that it's easier to manage. like right now every time i open chrome i have like six or seven tabs open just to manage no, 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 I, I know what you mean but i think okay so i get that i think what it's missing though is that most people are a lot more social in their finished consumption um versus just like you know hoovering it up i mean i think people want to have conversations about it so would you mean like you would incorporate the commenting aspects of it and stuff like that? It already has that. Okay. Like I can literally comment on something on the post, but inside Feedly. Oh, okay. It's really okay. convenient. I think that the, the process that you just went through to describe that makes it sound exhausting. So I don't know that most people would actually want to go through it. To be fair, I think my role in fandom is like a curator, and that's what curators do, right? That is true. They like exhaustingly filter and search things. You're a sponge. I'm a sponge. I am eating your fan fiction and shitting out the good parts. Thank you for saying it so beautifully right there. You're welcome. You can follow me on Pinboard. (laughs) I will shit all the good in your face. Oh, come on. Let's move on. Do you have a Twitter question? Yes, we do. I hate you forever. Um, Sir, this is why we're friends. Kim... Uh, well, we sort of already answered this, but why not go back? Kim asked, I haven't had the chance to listen to your last couple of podcasts, but how are you liking Teen Wolf Season 2 so far? So good! Um, awesome. Lots of development on other characters. Peter is still around with his beautiful face. And, yeah, it's pretty gay. Excellent. Uh, okay, another one that I think we need to go back to email for. Okay. Uh, Hlopa? I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly because she's Russian and I don't know how to pronounce anything in Russian. I'm really sorry. Uh, so she's not a native English speaker because she's from Russia, but she knows that there are a lot of fics that are translated from English into other languages. And in the non-English fandoms, translators are a big deal. Uh, but she wants to know, one, are there any English-based fandoms that have, like, people translating Spanish stories or whatever into English? Have we ever read any? Are there any good ones? And how do you react when you are asked for permission to translate your fic? Well, the first part of that, I don't think that I have ever read a story that is translated from a different language into English. Or if it has been translated, it hasn't been flagged up that it was translated. Yeah, I've definitely read things by people who are like, English is my second language, but I wrote this in English. Yeah. But as far as I know, nobody has been like, hey, originally I wrote this in French. Here it is in English. Yeah, I don't... I don't think I've read any like that. I mean, I've always been really curious because there are a lot of fandoms that are just, like, probably much bigger in their native languages. Like, I'm thinking of a lot of Korean things and anime fandoms and manga and stuff like that. Yeah. But I just haven't seen any translations, and I'm not quite sure why. It might just be that they're not flagging it, but, yeah, I have the same thing. As far as I know, I haven't seen any. Yeah, um, so I think that covers the first two parts of it. As for when people ask to translate my stuff, I just find it intensely flattering. Like, I don't know how everyone feels about stuff like that, but I have the same sort of outlook on any sort of transformative work people want to make of my transformative works. Like, 
how intensely flattering like you like it enough that you want to spend more time with it or you want to take the arduous process of translating it into a different language like currently currently there's a brave soul you'll love this mk there's a brave soul out there who is concurrently translating drastically redefining protocol and least of all possible mistakes into chinese (laughs) that's wow that bitch is intense I don't know how she's doing it. That's terrifying. She's, she's doing both of them at the same time, and she's posting it to, like, a Chinese fan fiction message board that she gave me a login to so I could, like, check it out. Like, that's for real. She's going fast. <laughs> See, that's, like, a really good experience. I've actually had bad experiences with this, so it makes me deeply uncomfortable. Oh, do tell. Um, so back in, like, the early days when I actually wrote more fan fiction and all of it was terrible, I would get requests to be like, can I post this in French or can I post this in whatever somewhere else? And originally I said yes until I found out that they weren't linking to the original, my name was nowhere on it, and they were basically saying that they had written it. Wow, seriously? Yeah, so anytime someone is like, can I translate this? I'm like, I'm just not going to respond to this. If you do, that's fine. But I'm deeply suspicious of it, and I, like... Every time that it happened to me, someone was basically stealing the work. Interesting. Yeah. And I love the idea of, like, people who don't speak English being able to get these stories. But, you know, the reason that we do transformative works is because we love the original. And we're, like, no one is ever like, I created Stargate Atlantis. Right. Like, there's a line, right? You're saying, this is my version of that. Or this is my extension of that. Right. So I guess I'm just worried about credit and plagiarism, really. Well, I mean, having been, I've been plagiarized, like, constantly. um, And I have definitely, probably, like, it would be really stupid of me to say that, like, no one has ever translated one of my stories and claimed it as their own, because I would have no idea (laughs) if that were true. Mm -hmm. Um, So probably, like, let's say probably it has happened. Um, I don't, it doesn't actually bother me as much as it should. Mostly because I think that in my case, like... (sighs) I'm not getting, like, I'm not getting paid for it anyways, right? So I'm not losing anything in the transaction. And I think for the most part, people are very well-intentioned about this stuff, right? I find that most people who bother to email and ask are the people who are going to give you credit and link anyways. Right. So I'm I'm not as suspicious on that front. Or maybe I just don't care enough. I just, I'm like, fine, go for it. That's, that's awesome. And then when I see someone doing something really amazing, like, The interesting about this, like, translation that this woman is doing is that she's actually explicating it as she goes because there are a lot of, like, cultural things in those stories that don't necessarily make sense to an Asian audience. So there's, like, annotations in there to explain, like, what lieback and think of England means and, like, (laughs) pictures of locations and stuff. And it's really cool. Like, she's done an amazing job with it. So I think for the most part, people are really nice and people have the best intentions. So... I feel like I, like, you know, some people are just unlucky in certain areas, and I think I was unlucky in this area. Yeah, I think that you may have just caught, like, a bad run of folks. Yeah, so for the most part, like, I assume that it's awesome, but not for me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've I've always liked story translations, although I obviously don't really keep track of how many are concurrently going. Yeah, let's do another Twitter question. Okay, um... I'm not really sure if this is a question. I mean, I mean, if this was like a response to our "Ask Me Anything," but I got we got something from Cassandra Woodhouse, um, and the entire content of the message was X Men First Class, Iron Man, or Prime Evil Season One. Ooh, ooh, wait. X-Men First Class, Primeval Season 1, or... Iron Man. Iron Man, hands down. I've only seen two of those, but Iron Man. See, Iron Man, like, the first movie is a movie that I would recommend to anyone, norms or otherwise. Like, just Mm -hmm. so good. I don't like X-Men First Class. Right. I know I'm in the minority, but I have, like, zero interest in it. Like, zero interest at all. I find it really boring, and the fandom is just annoying and aggravating to me. Like, I don't want to see anything to do with it. Right. And Primeval. I love Primeval. But the first season was really annoying, and Captain Becker doesn't appear until, like, season three. Okay. Okay. This is all French to me. Basically, the hot dude doesn't show up until three seasons in, and the first season is really rough. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, like, I would never ever claim to say that X-Men First Class is a great work of film, but it was exactly what I wanted out of that movie. I mean, the only way they could have made that better is by not opting to have the stupid ending um and if they had gay sex on the screen i assume that they had gay sex off screen because it's the only explanation for that film sure. but, um, 
if they had done it on screen, that would have been even better for me. But yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a fun movie. It was deeply dumb, but very satisfying. Um, plus it introduced me to the wonderful world of like James McAvoy as a hideous troll. Like the worst, worst fucking troll. Have you heard his trollness? Yeah, I have, but such a fucking troll like in case you guys don't know this like just look up anything where anyone asks james mcavoy about michael fassbender or how they prepped for this movie his answers all involve anal sex basically because he's an asshole (laughs) he knows your weaknesses he knows my weaknesses so intensely and it's mean because i've seen a lot of bad movies for this guy (laughs) (laughs) plus he's your fawn fetish (laughs) he's my fawn he's like i don't fetishized fawns. I only like one fawn, and it's James McAvoy. <laughs> There's something extra wrong about, like, watching Narnia for a hot guy who's half fawn. You know, like, no, he's it, all fawn. He's all fawn. That's right. It's something extra wrong with that. Don't torture me like this. He's 100% fawn. He's all fawn. So yeah, Iron yes, Man. Yes, Iron Man. Yeah, in agreement on that one. Email? All I have left is a slow entry. Oh, wow. Okay, so we have another question from Not the KGB. Um, is in that, is it appropriate to call non-fandom people muggles? Yes. Yes. The answer is always yes. If there's definitely yes. Man, if we had unlimited access to a color printer and free mail, I would definitely send out Hogwarts letters to fandom people. <laughs> you know what? If we had, if we could like mail things for free and print them for free. I would probably send all the Slash reporters a Hogwarts letter. I would try to get access to the list of people who have ordered a copy of Shades of Grey. And I oh. would hand mail them good BDSM fan fiction. Oh, but see, the thing is, anonymously. BDSM- is so like not even fan fiction right like bdsm stories in general are so to taste yeah i actually want them to like get the best one for their catered needs so i would send them a questionnaire Mm. and send them a story i feel like the best would be if you could see their amazon recommendations after they had bought 50 shades of gray i feel like all the amazon recommendations should just be like no (laughs) just no they're like it looks like you're trying to buy 50 shades of gray we recommend you don't do that enjoy fandom (laughs) here's a link to the internet yeah exactly it's called google welcome to a project we call archive of our own yeah (laughs) you and i were just talking about before we started recording about like what our first bdsm fanfics were and mine was definitely the story of obi from Star Wars fanfiction. See, you just... I'm pretty sure that mine was Stargate Atlantis. But yeah. based on the amount of stuff I read in Gundam Wing, I can't be 100% sure. Oh my god, I would love it if it was actually Gundam Wing. Because you just know the quality of that story would be so, so bad. <laughs> so choice. Yeah, the reason we had this conversation, guys, is because Leanne described Fifty Shades of Grey as baby's first BDSM. And we were like, whoa, you can do better. <laughs> better but i mean i feel like that's the way that's like the some the funny thing is is that people's reactions to 50 shades of grace seem to fall into two categories one is horror horrified mocking that women are reading this and which i find irritating because they're all jokes about like female sexuality go fuck yourself yeah we're self-loathing and we could go all night you have to quit after two rounds at most and i was gonna say max yeah drop dead boys um and then the other half is just, like, people who are in fandom are, like, are well-versed in erotica, and all of us are just like, you could do better, yo. You can like, totally do better. I judge you for reading it, because, like, we've all read some bad fic, right? Because it hit a specific kink. So, like, I'm not going to tell you that, like, you can do more with yourself, and you can do better with what you got. Yeah. We can, if anyone out there is reading Fifty Shades of Grey, just stop. Go to Pinboard. Type in BDSM. Uh, uh, I don't necessarily know what that's going to turn up other than links about media articles regarding Fifty Shades. Uh, you know what? Type in the name of any show that you watch and BDSM. Yes. You'll probably I- find something that you'll like. And it'll be so much better than a dude ripping a bloody tampon out of a lady for sexy times. Oh, does that actually happen in that book? Yes! <laughs> Not sexy! Also, but written in the first person, which I hate. Sexy for some people. You know there's actually a name for that, right? Yeah, you've told me about it because I hate you. Bloodhound. <laughs> I hate you. Hi, Watson. Oh. Guess who loves me again despite torture? Oh, you should talk about your 
Prue found a gif <laughs> of someone sticking a post-it on their cat's face, and then their cat, like, just, like, backs up again. <laughs> he tries to escape backwards because there's this thing on his face. And the only post-its that I own have Disney princesses on them and are low-tack, but we decided to try this anyway. And on Watson, it just fell off, but he looked scared. And on Sherlock, it lasted like 15 seconds of her backing up and then it fell off. And I was like, oh, that was disappointing. They weren't even upset because we're terrible people. (laughs) At which point I remembered that I have uh, lint rolling sheets and I stuck one on Watson's face and... He froze. He just froze and was, like, petrified with terror, and I had to remove it and apologize to him. But it appears he's forgiven me. It's probably because he doesn't retain the memory of that event. Probably not. He's not very bright. Sherlock is the brains of the operation. Which is pretty sad. Shh. She's brilliant. Right. Okay. One last question from Eddie. Uh, Do Slash reporters have a home fandom? I've been dating Teen Wolf lately, but just dipped back into some Gen Kill and it felt like home. Oh. Mm -hmm. hmm. I don't know. I think, I mean, you described it best when you said that you feel sorry for the people who follow me into fandoms because I'm kind of a love them and leave them type. Yeah. I'm going to love them for a while, but eventually something sparkly and new will catch my eye and then I'm gone. But when you love them, you love them ferociously. Oh, yeah. Like, that's all you're going to get out of me. Yes. Um, I've always been really fanishly promiscuous. Like, I think SV Madeline once called me, like, a fandom lazy Susan once upon a time. Nice. I'm always reading, like, three or four different fandoms, like, and there are a ton of fandoms I'm not actively in that I'll read in. Like, I'll read a lot of Jen Kill stuff. I've never actually seen the show. So I don't actually feel like I have a home fandom. I think the longest fandoms I've ever been in were probably Merlin and SGA. I was in there for the longest time. SGA and Sailor Moon. I mean, technically, I still, I still love Sailor Moon. But you don't actively read Sailor Moon anymore, do you? Well, no, because it's terrible. But I will, like, sit around and re-watch the anime, like, what? on a weekend, because it's amazing. And really? the live action. Oh, my God. You're the only person I know who likes Sailor Moon live action. Oh, my God. I... For my birthday, I made a bunch of my friends watch it. And at Mm. first, they were like, this is really dumb. And then they were like, holy shit, is Sailor Venus dying of leukemia? And I was like, yes! Anyways, I'm sure this will just open up the doors for lots of Slash reporters to be like, oh my god, I love Sailor Moon live action! Because I've already figured out what our Twitter followers are like. They're like me. They're terrible. They're all like you. I don't know why I'm here. I should just, like... You're the, like, the rationalizing, steadying force. I mean, left to my own devices, I think we know that it's a bad idea. (laughs) I really need you to, like, keep me in line. Oh, God. I don't know if this is going to work out the way that we think it is. Um, All right. Yeah, I don't know that I have a home fandom. I think that I have fandoms that I spend more time in, but I even even those, I don't necessarily have, like, a feeling of, like, ah, I'm back where I belong when I get there. Yeah, there's stuff that I seek out because it's comfortable, but it's not, like, a home fandom. I do have stories that I will reread over and over again that feel like homey to me. Yeah. 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 I think that's the closest I come to home fandom is that, like, my favorite stories are comfort reads or something like that. Totally. Yeah. There are desert island reads. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Okay, I think that does it for our questions. However, we do have slow entries. Just one. Well, no, two. We just got Gaffy Labs just decided to remind us of one. Although, Gaffy, we have to tell you, cannot award you this year. Because you won last year. One last year. We've talked about this. And even though you're you're definitely getting an honorable mention, like we've already decided. Yeah. Because your powers are so terrifying. Like we don't even understand how this is working. That is some dedication. That is like super dedication to the cause. Like if but you as- got paid for that, I would be terrified. <laughs> but as you've already won the first the first ever uh, SLO award, we can't give it to you this year, but we're totally going to read you, read the Twitter entry of this because it bears mentioning. Please go ahead. Brace yourself, MK. Oh, I'm braced. It's like a terrible marriage for everything we've already talked about. <laughs> Awful. It's like you basically took everything we hated and like married it into a horrible boiling pot of shit. Um, quite literally. Blood is lube? No. Red scatological bug cock ejaculating beetles with a side of dog rape. I don't even know what that means. Like, are you raping the animal or is it, I don't mean. Is the, uh, I'm confused. I don't want to know. Con and Dubcon, and this is the great part, it had colored illustrations. Of course it did. Yes, it did. I'm sure they I were beautiful. Feel so dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, fandom, why do you do this to us? That is <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm going to read the one from Jemmy999, who says, I'm not sure this tops Bugcock, although it's in the same fandom. I'm ashamed to admit this, but this series is, a th- is three stories long, plus outtakes and side stories that aren't part of the main series, and comes in at over 300,000 words. Basically, the main character gets kicked out of his home for being gay and moves in with his boyfriend, somebody who used to torment him, but apparently only tormented him because he was hot for the main character and wanted to dominate him. The main character then becomes his puppy, wearing a collar to school and basically showing it off to everyone. The main story is about how the main character's family deals with him being a puppy, and oh, do they find out in the worst possible way, coupled with smut and random offshoots related to, quote, BDSM. I use quotation marks because, um, yeah, they need to be there. The sequel is about the main couple being forced apart for some random reason, and also them adding a third or fourth person slash puppy to the equation. There might be a main character kidnapping in there. Basically, it boils down to smut, collaring in public, puppy play, and bondage, with family walking in and not understanding, to family eventually buying the main character puppy toys to show their support for the unconventional relationship, and kidnappings, and bullying, and homophobia, and kinkphobia galore. On fanfiction.net. You know what? Did that, is that still there, guys? Like, has has that somehow survived the purge? (laughs) I don't know. Didn't they, they had the purge, but that was like when I was a kid, and then they changed their policy right no they never did there was just they didn't enforce it for years and that's what the second wave of people were really desperate trying to get ao3 um ao3 invitations are is because fanfiction.net is doing a second purge burn i know you know what i know what fandom that is and i mean a lot of us do now but at the same time that could very easily be an ncis story Oh, definitely. You know what? That actually d- sounds like an NCS story I've read. Me too. Hey, high five. High five. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think that that one wins just for length alone. Like that one's, I mean, it doesn't win the whole competition, obviously. We're reserving judgment on that one still. Yeah. I'm sure you guys will find something equally awful. But like 300K is intense. 300K is intense. I will say that um, fanfiction has kind of skewed my expectations of book lengths. Right. Because I'm like, what do you mean it's only 50,000 words? Like, come on, amateur. I have to say, like, I'm always astonished by this because, like, I'm actually quite good at writing length. But as someone who is, like, I currently have a 90,000 word whip and I don't understand how people are doing fucking 300K. <laughs> it's just like, don't you sleep? I have to get up and pee occasionally. Like, don't I have forget. To work. 300k plus side stories and things. Amazing. Yeah. Completely fucking amazing. It's, it's beautiful. Fandom, Ugh. you're so good to me and like, so Even bad. when you're bad to us, it's kind of incredible. Fandom is basically my drug dealer. Good. Be proud of that. You should, you should just let that stew, stew for a while in that. Hey, you asked me how I could freak out like that about the stupid trolling, and I was like, they offered me cocaine for clicks. They did offer you cocaine for clicks. <laughs> And I said, hell's yes. Oh, so good for me. I can't believe you committed voter fraud. Shut up. I have that login. I know you have that login. You have that login because you committed voter fraud. So beautiful. I really hope that they're not like, oh, God, I just never mind. they're listening to this, I bet you Jeff Davis is listening to this. Jeff Davis, they committed voter fraud. You have to destroy the entire thing now. No, they want our votes. I could be 18. They don't know. I could be lying about all sorts of things on this program. You are lying about all sorts of things, primarily being 18. (laughs) Shut up. I could be 18. I got mistaken for a student by the people in my neighborhood. It was really precious. I went to, uh, I actually went to St. Paul's Cathedral the other day just to visit. For, and the woman at the ticket booth was like, an adult ticket or a student ticket? And I was like, bless you. But adult <laughs> ticket. I'm not going to defraud St. Paul. I called uh, earlier this year to try and get an appointment to get my eyes checked. And I yeah. guess my voice sounds pretty young or something. The lady on the phone was like, oh, sweetie. You're under 18, right? Because that could be covered by the city. And I was like, no, I'm uh, I'm 28. I have a job. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. No, my mom isn't here. <laughs> God damn it. I'm a grown up. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it when people are like, are your parents here? And I was like, no, because I'm a grown ass lady. <laughs> I have a mortgage. I can... Do whatever I want. Give me an eye checkup. Fuck 
fuck you, I do what I want. Yeah. Oh, uh, we have to end this. We have to end this. This went really bad. Also, I'm looking at pictures of stripper Loki, so I don't... This has gone to a dark place already. <laughs> don't enable those Tom Hiddleston people. Get out of that dark corner of the internet. Seriously? Gonna say that? Yes. Run for Teen Wolf a furry action? You're really gonna dump on any corner of the internet? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Wow. How does that hypocrisy feel on your skin? It feels like butter. (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) That sounds disgusting. (laughs) We have to end. Yeah. (laughs) I have stuff to do. Good night. (laughs) Good evening. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, We'll catch you guys on the flip side for fandom fandom on the go, mobile fandom, next week. Yeah. Until then, we're sorry about this episode. See you never. (laughs) Or next week. Or next week. Bye, guys. Bye.